and welcome to this episode of Sea Blue Smart. Today I'm joined by Gemma Hood. Gemma is founder of Culture Hood. Uh, Gemma, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience and also tell us a little bit about your business and your career history to date? Of course. Hello. Thank you for having me, firstly. Um, sure, yeah. So um, a little bit about uh, me and my history. So um, as you said, I am a founder of a company called Culture Hood. Uh, Culture Hood has been created to um, provide and support leaders with um, the experience to improve employee engagement. Um, and I work predominantly with um, small to medium-sized businesses. Um, and that could be a business perhaps that at the moment is looking to improve levels of employee engagement, um, or it could be a case that a business is looking to scale. And I work with um, a business across the employment lifecycle, and I essentially work out where they could um, improve productivity, motivation, and um, hopefully long run at reduce costs and improve the bottom line. Um, so in terms of my experience, I have um, spent years as chief people officer within um, a tech company, um, a small to medium uh, sized business. And um, we actually went through a pivot. So we were a marketing agency with a strong bias towards tech. And um, we decided to pivot our services to conversational AI and providing immersive experiences. So I got a really good feel for um, ensuring a resilient culture um, through change and ensuring that we were um, reducing the odds of success and that we were attracting the best and retaining the best. Um, I eventually moved up to become COO um, and managed to achieve throughout that time um, Sunday Times best um, companies to work for um, and the um, uh, Thames Valley best company to work for so um, quite an achievement and what I want to do now is just share my experience um, and help businesses um, achieve success through um, people agendas. Fantastic well lovely to have you on with us today thank you Gemma. I'm glad you mentioned uh, helping businesses to navigate change because the reason we asked you to come and join us today is because Look, everything about the way we do business, the way customers buy and the way um, people are running their companies it has gone remote since COVID and in the, yeah. last, um, the last year. And that is set to continue. So um, could you share a little bit with us about your experiences of uh, how you think COVID and that being virtual and having to operate remotely as teams has impacted on the employer brand and internal yeah. brand? Yeah, so I think firstly, just to um, to highlight where I think the positives are, organisations have now almost been forced into um, remote working and now they've seen that it works, they can trust their people and they're still delivering. Um, so I think that, that there's a, a huge positive there moving forward. Um, I think it has provided an opportunity for leaders to really rethink, reimagine and reboot what they were doing. I think a lot of processes that we had in place that were inefficient, um, they, those habits have been removed because they've had to remove them. You've had to be far more efficient with people working from home. Um, but I, so I think that there's a positive there, but I do think there's some other areas in terms of, yes, we've got the technology nailed. We can all work from home. We're, we're getting a bit of um, Zoom fatigue, but um, we can, we've shown that it's, that the technology can support 
However, I think businesses just need to be careful that they don't focus too much on the tech and they remember the human um, mm. and the engagement piece and ensuring that cultures are what I call sticky. Um, so employees feel that they enjoy coming to work every day, that they um, have a sense of belonging. Um, and I think there are there are there's possibilities of people feeling that they're on a bit of a digital island mm. um, and that they are isolated. And I think it's really key for leaders to ensure that they're focusing on those areas and being clear with expectations of individuals mm. um, so that they feel they're having an impact and part of the bigger picture. Um, I think actually what you say there about the human element yeah. is really, really important because if I think about from a marketing perspective and an outward brand, the message that you give to your customers, the way you portray your brand has had to change, right? So everybody that receives your, your message, whether that's an employee sitting in their home office or a potential customer or a prospect in their home office, that everyone's in a different situation. Some people are in a great place, some people are in a terrible place. And that's both personally and within the business and the sector that they work in. So it's mm. almost like for both internal and external, we each and everybody has to be more sensitive to how those people are feeling. And you've got to adjust your message accordingly and make sure that you're coming from a really honest and, you know, in marketing, we say authentic place, because oh, otherwise you're, you're just talking to a like a brick wall and a barrier. Yeah. And I think things like Glassdoor have, have opened up the um, opportunity for employees to speak honestly yeah. and it really shines now you know it's it's easier now for people to move jobs it's the click of a button I'm sitting in my office I'm quite comfortable now I've shown obviously it depends on the industry and the type of role but I've now shown that I can work from home and actually I can deliver so I can click a button and I can be working for somebody else who's a little bit further away the talent pool has increased competition is a lot bigger so I think organizations are having to work a lot harder to ensure they're keeping their people and that is all about creating positive experiences for their employees but the the wider community as well because stories people will share the bad stories won't they <laughs> it's the positive stories that they need to make sure are the ones that stick um so as you say that whole honesty transparency um and people feeling that they can really trust their employer i think is really key at the moment because it is a sensitive time um, so I, as I've said before, I think the, pe the people agenda is going to come to the surface for sure and, and employer brands and what they look like and how businesses are perceived is key. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And actually just looking at my um, post-it with a stat on that, I wanted to make sure I brought mm. up because <laughs> the Business Growth Fund, who are an investment fund, um, recently did a report of growth businesses in the UK. And I was actually quite surprised to read that 56% said they felt their company culture had strengthened during the pandemic. And the reason yeah. I'm surprised to hear that is because just thinking for my own experience and it was Seablue Marketing, you do have to work a lot harder to engage people and especially from a social aspect to make people feel part of that community. And I know through the marketing work that we do to our customers, marketing teams across the world are having to work a lot harder now to create mm. content that is really highly targeted because we've actually yeah. you know there are a number of our marketing channels that we would use like our you know events trade shows all that stuff is just completely gone even for um mm -hmm. you know a growth business for whom a ceo wants a speaker platform there aren't the speaker platforms there in the same sense anymore 
So the work that we're doing has had to get really, really targeted uh, mm -hmm. and a lot more emphasis put on it. And I think for your internal comms, your internal brand, it's exactly the same, isn't it? Massively so. And I think there's another piece in there in that managers are having to really understand and know their people as individuals. Everybody is different. They're like fingerprints, aren't they? Everybody has their own thing going on. We've got this big storm. And it's almost as if in that storm, everyone's got their own boat and they're all trying to fight their way through this storm. And there are certain things that are happening in their individual boats, although we're all going through the same thing. And it's um, key that managers understand their people. And it's a bit like what you're saying in terms of you can then make sure that you're, the way you engage, the way you motivate, the way you reward and recognize is far more targeted. It needs to be mm. far more targeted to resonate so they feel that they matter and that mm. they um, have a sense and feeling of belonging. Mm. So that's interesting then, because if it is a little bit, at least in the short to medium term, while we all get used to this and used to our new processes, new tech that helps mm. us to do our jobs better, what, where does that put us in terms of insourcing and outsourcing, do you think? So still um, lots of gross businesses wanting to recruit teams. So they've got, you know, that base of permanent employees that, as you say, it's great because they can be pulled from all over the world effectively now yeah. rather than just locally. Mm. Um but what outsourcing does is it can give you that headspace to, you know, it can be people can be bought in more quickly. There's lower risk in the short term because, you know, it, it's a shorter term agreement. So mm. have you seen businesses talking more about it, less about it, saying what's your your kind of sense of the market? So I think that um, companies are having to be much more selective and make sure there's much more rigor around the way that they are recruiting. Um, and I guess that goes goes for how they're partnering with those that they're working with as well. I think there needs to be, um, as I say, the rigor around making sure that those people they're bringing on board are the right people for now, the right people for the future, um, and making sure their, their recruitment and selection process is thorough. So, you know, are you really, are you going deep enough to find out more about their skills? Are they a fit for the business as well? Are they a value fit for your business? And are they going to stick with you long term? Um, research states that um, it costs an average of 12K per hire. So if you think about how much that's going to cost your business, if you're getting your recruitment process wrong, then it's going to cause huge impact for SMEs um, if, if they're having to pay that out every time they've got someone leaving. And, and that's an average stat. And that includes any fees that you're paying for the onboarding process if you think how much time it takes to onboard somebody um so i think just going back to your point in that i think there has to be much more rigor around and also back to the authenticity piece there needs to be the consistency as to what are you saying to everybody externally about your brand and your values that means partners that you're working with so they're clear on how you work, but also employees in terms of what, what the expectations are of them and how and what the culture is like, because you want to make sure it's right so they don't leave. Um, so I think, yeah, there, there needs to be much more focus on ensuring that that's a, an efficient and fair process as well. Yeah, interesting. And actually for uh, whether it's an employee or an outsourced partner that's there short term or long term, yeah. for both, you really want to make sure there's a culture fit. You know, we're... Yeah we're all human and we all want to work with people with whom we feel there's a connection mm. you know a large business has a very different structure 
um, operate at a different speed because a great, you know, greater group of stakeholders to get together. Small business mm. wants to go really quickly, really fast feedback. Yeah. And it's like, if you are working with a partner, you need one that, that can work at the pace that reflects your business and your needs. Um, yeah. And equally, of course, if it's an employee, culture fit is so, so critical, especially for yeah. growth businesses where, you know, where the teams might be slightly smaller, an individual makes such a big impact as opposed to a large enterprise yeah. business where one individual, you know, there are, there are more around. Yeah, I think there's also another piece in terms of um, just back to that kind of employer brand and the authenticity piece and trust. I think communication is going to be a big, um, it's going to be critical. Um, I think in terms of being clear as to what's expected of that person and what, and once they know what's expected, they're more likely to be committed to delivering to that, if that makes sense. But also providing the type of culture where you as a partner or an employee feels that they can voice ideas, feedback for improvement. Um, and I think that that needs work, because if you feel that you can't speak up because you're not going to be listened to or um, you don't feel that perhaps it's going to be taken on board and it, it has a big impact on whether or not people voice their opinions but also there's that piece around listening have businesses got the platforms where they provide the opportunity for people to to actually voice and speak up um so it's a two-way thing it's the listening and also setting expectations that's required mm, that's interesting and i think as well for different roles in the organization the impact is different because there are some for whom they've always perhaps worked remotely or done their role static in an office whereas if you take yeah. a sales team for example who are out and about on the road meeting clients the, the, everything that they do and the tools with which they do their job has changed in the last yeah. year so yeah. you know typically you you prospect over the phone but then you seek if, if you're selling larger enterprise deals in any case you seek the face-to-face -face meeting and that's how you cement the relationship mm. and ultimately build towards the deal so one opportunity i think that's there is actually for for roles such as sales where it has changed so significantly there's a great opportunity to work more closely with other parts of the organization mm. so especially we we obviously work with marketeers the marketers who are delivering kind of digital content to customers can suddenly now work hand in hand with sales and say well look we do the digital content piece you do the customer engagement piece let's integrate what we're doing together and yeah. better and then overall, the business has an opportunity to be more kind of efficient and also more connected to what the end customer is saying, because all of a sudden your marketing people can hop on a call with the salesperson, with a customer, whereas before they wouldn't be able to do that because it's yeah. not cost efficient for a business to be able to send their people out to meetings left, right and centre. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that goes back to your quote earlier in terms of they felt that their culture was stronger. And I wonder if there's a piece there in that there's a sense of camaraderie everyone has had to come together and look at how can we be more efficient how can we ensure we are delivering for the ambitions of the business and the ambitions of our clients so it's almost pulled people together um and that goes back to what you were saying in terms of the camaraderie and the mm -hmm. collaboration piece has kind yeah. of come through and they've been forced to have to do it almost yeah um, we just need to be careful that there isn't an element of burnout as well where people are being overworked but that's a whole different story <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is so um thinking then about kind of longer term because it is accepted i think now by most of us we've been on this the classic change curve of shock horror yeah. uh, acceptance and now moving forward forming and norming etc um yeah. 
we aren't going back to our offices like we used to before. There will, of course, be co-working and location. Yeah. You know, that will will still exist in a different form. But are there any kind of long-term risks that you would highlight to people that you think we need to mitigate, watch out for, anything like that? So I think it. Um, I think I, I mentioned earlier about um, there are companies that I have I know of who when I get talking to them um, and I ask in and around, you know, they're talking about culture and perhaps there's an element of um, there's silos and perhaps people aren't clear on, or, or there's a lack of productivity. I think a lot of those businesses don't have clear values and they don't have, they have values, but it's then converting in terms of, well, what does that actually look like? How as me as, as a person, what does, what's the behavior that goes with that? And I think it's key for businesses to ensure that they're resilient moving forward, because if this happens again, right, we need to make sure that we're resilient enough to be able to um, take on those challenges well together. So by having a set of really core values that everybody buys into, they believe and they're committed to, I think is going to set the foundation um, to build upon. I then think that, and I, I talked briefly about it earlier, the employment life cycle. I work with businesses at the moment in that I say, right, OK, let's let's define where you're heading. Let's look at what what it is, what your ambitions are. I help them align where they've got their business goals, align their people goals. So I close that gap because you need to have your people on board to deliver to where you're heading. So I will work across the employment lifecycle. And I think it's really key for to look at those areas You've got attraction, recruitment, onboarding, development, engaging and offboarding and looking and making sure that you're providing the best possible employee experience across all of those aspects will ensure and, and that values are embedded across the employment lifecycle, I think is going to help enable businesses to be robust and resilient moving forward um, in keeping their people motivated and engaged, which is going to be really key. Um, and I also think that gaining feedback from your people. So do they do, do, they, do you send out engagement surveys? Do you go externally to your clients? Do you go to your partners? How was it working with us? Um, and how can we improve? So it goes back to almost that continuous learning and growth mindset. How can we continually make sure we're improving? Um, and that's going to help that feedback mm. you know lots of minds together um to ensure that you're continuously improving is key. And, and that's such a a straightforward thing to do isn't it to, to mm -hmm. gain that feedback and i guess in the absence of anything um more complex and bespoke do you would you advocate people just use survey monkey what's the best way to do that yeah i mean you can use survey monkey there are companies out there who provide um sort of best practice when it comes to engagement surveys um but i think there is an element of understanding the the business because there will be a certain culture and just making sure the types of questions um, are the right type of questions and cover the right areas, but are almost the right language as well, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, but yeah, SurveyMonkey is, is what I've used in the past. And depending on what we're trying to get out of that survey, we'll make sure we either um, dial up certain areas or dial down certain areas. But I think, um, yeah, it's, it's really key and then just another point to that if you take feedback there's a really sensitive area in that you've received feedback people have taken the time to fill it in and they've been very very honest in giving their feedback 
it's really key to make sure that you feedback in terms of results. This is what we found out, guys. Thank you so much for your feedback, but actually acting upon it, because there's that crucial point. If you don't act upon it, you then start to lose that trust. And they'll think, well, what was the point? If you're hiding what the results were of that, what else are you hiding? Which can have a detrimental impact for the leadership team and for the business as well in their culture. And from an external perspective, it's exactly the same. So, you know, understanding what your customers' feedback is is so important. And I think over the last year, so many businesses have had to quickly adjust their language all the way from it does start with your brand, your tone of voice, your values. Yeah. What yeah. are you committed to doing? And, and then how does that um, how is that represented in your materials? Because people at this point in time really don't want to read kind of company to the world information. So yes. your products and your services, they want to read human stuff and stories yeah. and make it real. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can do it in a virtual world. We've just yeah. had to had to tweak what we do and learn some slightly different tactics and um, approaches on the way. But I guess what we're saying is for um, for the long term, it isn't tactical. It has to be embedded into the very foundation yeah. structure of, you know, for, for uh, from your perspective, your people strategy and from our perspective, your marketing strategy. Mm. So, yeah. 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 It's interesting. New Horizons. Well, yes. Jenna, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been absolutely delightful having thank you here. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.